0: You. Amen. Amen. I'd rather have Jesus. Amen. Joel chapter 2, if every heart is free and clear. Amen. Conservation. Now, conservation is known as uh, the wastefulness of a precious resource. Conservation is not a doctrine we find in the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> If you happen to use the words never enough and Jesus Christ in the same sentence, shame on you. Yeah. It seems like every time I use the word Jesus Christ, it's always with the sentence more than enough. Yeah. And Joel chapter 2 just, uh, just stirred me this, this week and, and I, 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 it's never enough. It's never enough, the, the limits of God's, I mean it's so, so deep and I don't know how we'll ever truly understand how deep this flow goes, how, how overflowing the spirit of God is, because that's what it is, uh, it's just an overflowing spirit of the presence of God. And and I want to talk about that tonight because God put this on my heart. To be able to achieve and sustain an overflowing presence of God in your life at some point, you're going to have to pour it out. Let me say that again. To be able to achieve and sustain an overflowing presence of God in your life at one point or another, you are going to have to pour it out. How will we know the depths of His love if we don't pour it out? How we know his, how long is that arm? How, how gracious is He? How deep that well that flows from the throne of heaven if we don't try it? I, I just can't help but to think of the woman at the well, even before we're getting into Joel chapter 2. Would the woman ever know if that water really did cause her to never thirst if she had not left the water pot? You know, Jesus Christ said in John 4... This water that you drink, that I offer, you'll never thirst again. How do you know it unless you try it? How far can we drink? Let's drink. Let's see if we can run this thing out. And in my time, I've come to find out he's always been more than enough. Joel chapter 2, starting at the 23rd verse, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly, Father, we just thank you this evening for another opportunity to exalt your name. That is the recipe. If we lift up the name of Jesus, Father, the byproduct is a full altar. The byproduct is an encouraged life. The byproduct is leaving this place closer than we came in. Father, I think that's the recipe, to lift up the name of Jesus, to elevate the rank and the power and the character of your Son. Father, that's what we're here to do tonight. Allow me to preach with an unction of the Holy Spirit that we can get to to work tonight. Father, we need to be equipped. We need to know what it means to... be poured into and to pour out into this world that is so dark and lonely and dying because of sin. Father, we know that your presence is more than enough and we thank you for that. You know the heart of, of every soul, individual that's tuning in or here in person. Father, you know the need of the hour. I pray that with that overflowing presence you can meet that need tonight. In your son's precious name we pray and amen. Joel chapter 2 starting at the 23rd verse. Be glad then, ye children of Zion... And rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately. That's what he said. Now listen, we're talking about a spirit that he's about to pour out of an overflowing. Of an overflowing. He says, uh, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain. Now look what it says right here. The rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. So not only the rain that is cur- due, but the rain that was previously due, and the rain that is not yet to be due, all in the first month. To me, that is an overflowing of rain. He says that right there. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten, the cankerworm worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and ye shall eat in plenty, and be satisfied more than enough, and praise the name of Lord your God, that hath dwelt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward, once again look at this with me, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and upon your servants and upon your handmaids, in those days I will pour out... My spirit. First apartment I ever had when I moved to Morgantown right after high school. A little one-bedroom efficiency. To say it was small is an understatement. Let's just say this. The front door and the back door were the same door. (laughs) That's how small this efficiency was. But it was cheap. I could afford it. And here was the best thing. The utilities were paid for. And when it came to water, I didn't once worry that if I left on the faucet too long, it was going to run up the bill or I'm going to run out. All that was in my mind is it's someone else's problem. <laughs> and when I turned on the faucet and let it run, I would start to shower and let it run. I'd catch, I, it didn't matter. And I was just curious if, if I could run that water long enough that maybe he would call and say, cut it out. But you know what he never called? The water was always there. And can I tell you tonight, Joel is prophesying right here about the Lord saying that there is going to be a a theme throughout the scripture. A theme of God, a God who wants to pour out an illustration of an overflowing blessing. We see that in the rain in verses 23. We see that at the last part of it. This outward of the spirit. And it's a direct result. We have an overflowing of the presence of God. We have an overflowing of the blessing of God. Because of the outpouring and overflowing of the blood and life of his son Jesus Christ. In the garden, the illustration is a cup. Yes, a bitter cup, a cup he would have to take on, but a cup that would be poured out to glorify his Father. We see also that in Levitical law, we see this symbol of, of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, this outpouring of life. Because in Levitical law, according to Leviticus 17 and 23, to eat meat at first, the blood had to be removed. The blood, it says right here, and whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel... Or of the stranger that sojourn among you, which hunteth and catches any beast or fowl that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof. Because the life is in the blood. And Jesus Christ, I'm so thankful, He didn't just give a drop. He didn't just give a pint. He gave it all. And when there was no more to give, we know that the, the Roman soldier pierced his heart and out came water and blood. The, the, final, the final thrush into his side that we may know that He gave it all for us. And I'm telling you tonight, the presence of God, which is the Spirit of God, will only remain in your life in an overflowing state if it is poured out. We see that in the case in Matthew chapter 25. We preached on it a few weeks back. Not going to go there tonight, but God's just dealing with me. In the the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. How is it that they all had oil at the beginning, but yet five the foolish ran out? But I'm telling you, I believe the five wise continuing to keep their lanterns lit, continue to use it up, and thus there was an overflowing supply. I'm telling you, holding back with God will only restrict the overflowing that He's trying to do in your life. With Jesus Christ there's only two. They're shut off and there's wide open. And I'm telling you, to try to control this thing, to try to not allow him to overflow it, we just need to to let him pour out and pour in and say that, you know what, there is no in-between. That's the problem. I think some people are afraid when that main water line breaks. And the presence of God and habits of life, what's going to happen when that gets on me? What's going to happen when I encounter that presence that is so overflowing? I don't know about you, but i felt that overflowing presence in the sanctuary tonight. And I can still feel it. And once you feel it, there's no satisfaction or anything else. It's just this overwhelming thought that, gosh, Jesus Christ, you are more than enough. It's We use that word in ministry that the spirit was what? It was thick. It was thick. It was thick. It was such an outpouring. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ wants to pour out into your life. He wants to. And He wants to that you may be sustained, that you may be satisfied, and that you may, in exchange, pour out into someone else's life. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. I love this account. And it points to something even greater. Job points to something that was about to happen. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit throughout Scripture is an illustration used by oil. We see that here. This overflowing, this more than enough. It says in the beginning of the chapter of 2 Kings chapter 4, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet of Elisha, saying, Thy thy servants, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? I'm so thankful that when I have a need, he doesn't say, I don't know if I got enough. I don't know if I'm going to meet that need. He always says, I have more than enough. But he says, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, thy handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Can't be enough. Don't you dare say Jesus Christ and not enough in the same sentence. What do you have in the house? She said, I have nothing but. (laughs) I have nothing but a pot of oil. And it doesn't seem like a lot. And I'm telling you, this little Bible, you can get it in the Dollar Tree. You can say, well, it doesn't seem like enough. You don't understand how big my needs are. You don't understand what I'm facing. You don't understand how big the bills are. You don't understand the diagnosis the doctors give. All I have is this. It's never going to be enough. And Jesus Christ says, I'm telling you, it's more than enough. Amen. Amen. Verse 3 says, he said, then he said, go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. So I can't help but to think there, he's like saying, maybe this a neighbor is going to say, whatever's sitting on my shelf, collecting dust. We'll pour it out. Because he says, even empty vessels. He's saying, listen, if it ain't what it needs to be, we'll pour it out. And whatever you want to put in it will be enough. But he said, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. This is the expectation of the outpouring of God. Elisha knew it here. He said, when you go to borrow, you may go to one neighbor. They may give you three. You may go to another neighbor. They may give you five. But don't collect a few. Get as many as you can. And I can't help but to think, she's saying, Why? All I have is a little pot of oil. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Amen. So she went in, so went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she had said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. He said, I, I assumed i collect more than enough. I went to every neighbor. I went to every stranger. This whole room was full of vessels. And he, she keeps on pouring out, and she keeps on saying next. This one gets filled, set it aside. This one gets filled, set it aside. Bring me another, and he says, "I got no more." So as God began to deal with this message on my heart, and it would come to Joe, in this outpouring of the Spirit, outpouring of rain, outpouring of the presence of God that He wants to this wide open, this more than enough, uh, He brought to me this to this account here, and that how He filled it up, and, and there was not another vessel more. And then I saw these four words. Look with me right there. There is not another, not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Well, no doubt. I imagine before she even started that. Pot of oil that she had, the only thing in the house that she had, that pot of oil might have been full. I'm just going to assume it might have been full. It might have been small, but it might have been full. Well, you say, well, the oil stayed. We know that. But how would you know if the oil was going to stay unless you poured it out? Right. right. God broke me with that. I said, well, of course the oil stayed. He said, but would that woman ever known if the oil would have stayed? Had she not poured it out, there's something we got to understand that we, you know, sometimes God's going to turn us up. We just got to flip. We just got to. We got to. And I'm telling you, the world now, right now, is upside down. But we can do the same thing. Just as the world is upside down, right is wrong, up is down, left is right, we can do the same thing. We can say, I'll show you crazy. I'm going to let the I'm going to let Jesus Christ just overflow in the presence of my life that I may just pour out yeah. and the oil. Stay. I wrote that in my notes. How how would she have known if that man of God was right? How would she have known the supernatural ability they needed to achieve the filling of all these vessels with such a small pot unless she poured it out? Mm -hmm. You'll never know the depths of what Jesus Christ can do in your life until you try it. You'll never know. You'll say he's just enough, he's not enough, but to say he's more than enough, you've got to keep on pouring out. You've got to keep letting him do what he wants to do. Now look at verse 7 with me, right there. It says this, Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. He's saying, not only are you going to have enough, To sell and pay your debt, but you'll have enough afterwards to sustain life for you and your sons. I can't help but to think that that woman at the beginning when she said, listen, I've got an issue. I've got a debt that needs to be paid. My husband's gone. They're going to arrest my sons. I don't have what they want. I need this and you're saying I have that. And you might be here tonight and say, you don't understand, I don't need Jesus Christ. I need a financial miracle. I don't need Jesus Christ. I need someone to fix my marriage. I don't need Jesus Christ. I need a therapist for the anxiety and the depression that I'm going through. And you're offering that when I need that. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will transfer to any issue you have. The problem is, there's nothing else. If there would have been anything else but oil in that house, it would not have been able to be multiplied and to pay that debt and to satisfy that need of that family. It is only the presence of God in your life that's going to meet your need that you have. Nothing else will work. I know you may, I've seen it so often, people come to the altar and they want their need to be met. But I'm telling you, He will meet our need through His riches in glory. That's what His word says. In all our need. But it takes the presence of God. And it takes more than enough. He wants to pour it out. And just as Jesus Christ is teaching me to stop. Stop trying to maneuver the gauge. Once again, there's only two. There's wide open or shut off. And if he's really going to do a work in my life that I need him to do, if he's really going to meet every need, if he's really going to be more than enough, then I have to allow him to pour himself out of Mm me. And this is the beautiful thing about ministry. When he pours out, when he overflows, when we're drinking from our saucer, we are better equipped to pour out into other people's lives. See, this is the problem with so many people is that we say to ourselves, it's a problem to invest in people. It's a problem to pour out with people because we say, if only I had enough time, if only I had enough energy, if only I had enough money, then I could. But Jesus Christ says, I can make you, (laughs) I can pour into you, So much. I can overflow so much that the more I pour in, the more that you'll pour out, and the more you will be sustained. He told the woman that. He said, not only will you be able to meet the need, satisfy the debt, but you yourself will be sustained. You and your children. Mm -hmm. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. If only we, we we put such a limit on God and the presence of God. And as I said before, and I want to read it again. To be able to achieve and to sustain an overflowing presence of God in your life, at one point or another, you're going to have to pour it out. He's going to ask it of you. Because he's poured a lot in you. He's putting so much. He is overflowing his blessings in your life. That you may be sustained and that you may pour out into other people. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 2 and 17. He says, yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. Yea, if I be offered unto you upon the sacrifice. In the Greek, the context there is that of a drink offering that is poured out. It says, if I be offered upon the sacrifice, if I be poured out upon the sacrifice for the, in the service of your faith, I joy. He said, that's what I want to be. I want to be poured out. For the service of the faith. One more verse. And I'm going to ask Rob and Sonny to come up. Get us an invitation tonight. Mark chapter 14. I want you to read it with me. Read it a thousand times. Now listen. Here's the problem about an overflowing presence of God. If you've ever had a leaky faucet. Better yet. If you've ever had a water break. (laughs) You try as quick as you can. We didn't know for a while where that main shutoff was in our house. We found it's in the little hall closet tucked in the corner. You didn't know it. They had cut a little piece of sheetrock out and there was that gauge. But if anything would happen and there would be a water line break, we're done. We're done because that's what happens when something overflows, when something, it makes a mess. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be pretty sometimes, but I'm telling you, it's beautiful when Jesus Christ is the one making the mess. To overflow in this world to say, my gosh, Rock Branch Church is doing a, a, a man. What are they doing in our community? We see footprints. We see we see evidence of what God's doing in our in our schools, in our communities. They're making a mess. Praise God, we're making a mess more than enough. I want them to pour out in this community. I want to see revival. I want to see an overflowing presence of God. Where uh, I've talked about it before in the mid '90s, a Brownsville revival in Pensacola, Florida unbelievable. They said the accounts of Brownsville Revival, over 4 million people in a 5 year period, Not uh, came to this. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people made commitments of Jesus Christ. But that didn't strike me. We've seen that before. That's a lot of number of people, but Pensacola is it's a big city. So four million in five years, maybe they can handle it. What struck me was they said news would report of the lines that would be outside of this this church during this revival in Pensacola, Florida. And they say just the news media would be reporting about the revival and people watching the news would get saved. Yeah. Think of that for a second. That is beyond my logic, but that is an overflowing of the presence of God where someone's not watching the preacher, they're not listening to worship music, it's just a news anchor talking about this crazy amount of people at this church and the presence of God comes through the screen and people get saved in the living room. You say it's impossible. You say it'll never happen. And I say he's more than enough. Amen. Is Amen. more than enough. But look, Mark chapter 14, verse 3. To truly overflow, to be poured into, Jesus Christ had to be broken, right? We realize that. He was broken on our behalf. By his stripes, we are healed. That's what it looked like. He didn't give a little. He gave it all. He completely shattered his body that we may be free from the penalty of sin. But I want to talk about pouring back into him and pouring back into people. Mark chapter 14 verse 3 And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper as he sat at meat there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard very precious. Now that is a perfume but it's usually with a base of oil in that time. That way it would stick to clothing that way it would be absorbed in the skin so this alabaster box of ointment of spikenard very precious and look what it says And she break the box and poured it on his head. She didn't just take the top off. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a bottle of perfume or cologne break in your car, it's not good. (laughs) You might as well keep the windows down for months to get that smell out. So she didn't just take the top off, she broke the box and poured it out. If you're looking for God to pour into you, let me tell you tonight, he broke himself. That you may have an overflowing of his presence through his Holy Spirit. And can I tell you, if you're going to pour back into him, if you're going to pour into other people, you yourself are going to have to be broken. There is only two. Completely shut off or wide open. So tonight as Rob comes up and Sonny comes up and gets us a song, I want to say he's trying to pour into you tonight. And for you to sustain an overflowing, I don't know about you, I want a God that is more than enough. Yeah. Who wants a God that's not enough or just enough? I want a God that will give me the rains, the former rains, and the rains to come all in the first month. Amen. I want a God that will pour out in my life. Amen. He has no reason to have to, but He wants to. He wants to pour into you tonight. And He wants you to pour back into Him and pour back into people around you. But it's going to take broken people. It's going to take wide open people. It's going to take people that that are not satisfied with anything else but more than enough. Tonight I'm telling you, if you have a need... You might not think for one second that this altar or Jesus Christ could meet that need. And that woman had a debt that needed to be paid in money and in full or her whole house was going to be taken. Her whole livelihood, her sons were going to be taken. And this man had the audacity to say, oh, it's in the oil. It's in the oil. You just get vessels and you keep pouring and I promise you, it will be more than enough. I can't, I can't guarantee a lot, if anything, in this life. The one thing I can guarantee tonight is Jesus Christ can meet your need. And He will meet your need over and above anything you could ever imagine or ask. He is more than enough for you tonight. If only you'd come forward. As they get a song, we're going to be praying. We want you to be broken. We want you to be poured into. We want you to pour out. I want to know a God that the presence of God can be felt. That He will overflow in your life tonight. That will be undeniable. That's my prayer tonight. That it will be undeniable the presence of God that is trying to overflow in your life.